and I know it's full in here this morning. Thank you for working with us. This is the first time in a year that we've had our students with us in the main sanctuary for praise and worship. In a year. I know it's a little tight in here, but you know what? I'm so thankful that our students, our young people, are in here, and I turned to Heather and I said, look at it. They're dancing and shouting like they never missed a beat in the main sanctuary. As pastor, I want to commend you this morning, young person, that you got in there and got your praise on, even when you couldn't get your praise on in the main sanctuary for the past year. I see it. And so I'm going to give you one more opportunity just to let loose here this morning. If you're someone between the ages of 12 and 18, I want you to let loose this morning like like you never have before, all right? (laughs) Now, us adults in the room, it's okay. We can let loose as well, all right? I'm not prohibiting you from that. (laughs) Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to dance, shout. Unto the Lord, I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never. Come on, let's sing. Dance, shout. Come on, young person, sing it out here this morning. I'm gonna dance, shout. Unto the Lord, I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. I'm gonna dance, shout. Unto the Lord, I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. I'm gonna dance, shout. Unto the Lord, I'm gonna praise. Victory in your praise. I know that victory be on my praise. I'm gonna dance my troubles away. I'm gonna dance all over this house. I'm gonna praise my Jesus to the world. I know that. I know that victory be on my praise. I'm gonna dance my troubles away. 
everybody in this room put your hands together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord with a shout of triumph for God is victorious in your life he's victorious in your life he's victorious this morning hallelujah hallelujah yes amen man this feels like an apostolic Pentecostal church this morning I think some people have been hearing about the roar and the shout of the people in this room. God bless you as you remain standing here this morning. Thank you for praising the Lord. Woo! The Holy Ghost is in this room. God is getting ready to do something special in this house here this morning. And it's going to be right to you. I'm looking at every one of you, all 200 of you in this room. It's going to be right to you. Point to yourself. It's going to be to me this morning. Don't point to the one next. Don't point your wife. <laughs> we are so thankful as the guys come and bring the pulpit. Thank you guys so much. Man, I love this little man again. He is a worshiper right here. This little guy is a worshiper. <laughs> Right on pastor's cue, right there. <laughs> Amen. We are so thankful again for what happened this past weekend at our ladies' conference, Refresh Ladies' Conference. Packed out the house here, had a great time. The Lord moved in a mighty way. As I said, four received the gift of the Spirit for the first time. I think many, many hands went up that received the Holy Ghost again on yesterday afternoon. And throughout that whole conference, Sister Marshall has been bringing the Word she has brought it. And I am so thankful that she agreed to be at Firstborn Ministries this weekend. She's a very busy lady. Could have been at many different places. But I'm so thankful that she agreed to come to Firstborn to minister to each and every one of us here in this room. Her and her husband are from Louisiana. And right now they are in Ohio. They are full-time missionaries. And uh, they are working in different locations for about six months at a time. And uh, they are helping churches in different districts. Uh, she is a licensed psychologist. And her and her husband are just wonderful, wonderful people. Can we welcome Sister Vanny Marshall as she comes and ministers the Word of God here this morning. God bless Sister Marshall. Sister Maynard for allowing me to be here to share this holy place. I always consider the pulpit of a church a holy place to which or from which the word of God in its purity has to go forth. You know, whether it's good, kind, gentle or not. <laughs> you know. And Sister Heather, thank you for being my friend. And in the last few months that you and I have been texting each other ferociously, you know. <laughs> And she's given me the address and Google map and everything. I still got lost. But anyway, she still did her best. <laughs> you know, yeah, <clears throat> we people from Louisiana. <laughs> I 
am so thankful to be at Firstborn. What a, what a great name for the church, Firstborn. It's incredible. And I thank God for the ministry. Thank God for the musicians here. Haven't they done a great job? You know, throughout, throughout the ladies' conference, throughout the ladies' conference, um, the, the two days of the ladies' day we had, they did a tremendous job. It was all ladies in the audience, and it was all men on the platform. <laughs> that's, that's really very brave <laughs> you know and it's incredible it was it was wonderful we had a bunch of people get the holy ghost um this weekend uh, well this past uh yesterday as a matter of fact and it was wonderful and i really believe in my heart that there are those here today that you're going to go home being filled or refilled with the baptism of the holy spirit if you're here and you want to experience god in his completeness be open to receiving the Holy Ghost you know we're, this this church is not going to force you to belong to some place or organization or branch or whatever the Holy Ghost is for everyone as many as those that God will call and so that that includes you that includes you if they never see you again of course we hope we do but if we never see you again you've got the Spirit of God with you in your home and, and uh, the measure of that influence and the salt and the light that comes with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'd like to talk to you today. It's, it's, it's ten, 10 verses, so I'm going to speed through that, okay? And media, you're right. I didn't give you those verses this morning. I admire media. I'm from the Pentecostals of Alexandria. Pastor Mangan is my pastor. And uh, last night he texted me. He said, he said, he said, your husband said you were in Rockford. I said, yes. He said, how come you didn't tell me? I'm like, because he told you. I always give him my schedule. I give him my schedule, but, but my husband was communicating with him, so I didn't. He said, well, well, you tell them I've been praying. And so brother and sister Mangan have been praying for the services here at Rockford, Illinois. And they made sure that I told you that. And so they are here, and uh, I thank God for that. They, they, um, I know it. And um, Sister Mickey actually just had her appendix out, but she's still praying, you know. So, First <laughs> um, Samuel chapter 17, 41 through 51. Wow, 10, ten verses. <laughs> oh, oh boy. But what a story. What a story, you know. So dramatic. We don't have to do anything or, or watch anything for drama. Just read the Bible. There's so much drama there, it's unbelievable. First Samuel 17, 41 to 51, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when, he, uh, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of, of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword. <laughs> we've, we've been there this last one year, huh? The devil has brought all kinds of stuff against us. You know, disease, sickness, bad news, social media, <laughs> politics. Uh, um, 
and we're here. We're still alive. We're still standing. We're here. We've not disappeared. We've not melted away. We've not gone away. We're here. We're worshiping God. We still believe. We still believe in the power of God. So David said to the Philistine, Hey, you come to me with a sword and with a spear, with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And, and of course, David could have had a sword. He could have had a shield. He could have handled that stuff. He didn't want it because he wanted God to do a work and a complete work. He wanted God to take out the devil and that the enemy will never rise up again. So if you want something to be done completely, not just half-baked, trust God. And this day, David continues, he prophesies. David actually prophesies to the, to the enemy. This day, I'm taking you out. That's what he said. You know, don't you think it's about time we looked at our situation and begin to prophesy the word of God. Today, today, financial problem, drug addiction, depression, anxiety, marriage, marital problems, problems with the kids, problems with my home, problems with the city or whatever. I'm taking you out, problem. We've got to prophesy. We've got to just speak words of faith over it. So this day, David says, this day, today, will the Lord deliver you into my hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. <laughs> Mommy, he was so detailed. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine, that means all of the bodies of the enemy, I will give it this day unto the fowls of the end, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God at firstborn. There is a God here, Sister Mayna. There is a God in the midst of you. So that everybody will know there is a God. Because, he said, and that all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David then David hasted he ran towards the army to meet the Philistine when was the last time you rushed the enemy in your life you know, we usually kind of retreat and hope the enemy didn't find us you know under the comforter but um, <laughs> have you been there <laughs> I have. Um, and David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. I can imagine what the Goliath thought about the stone. <laughs> He's like, what? And, and David took the stone. He slang it. He put it in a slingshot. And then he just slang it. And he let it go. And uh, the stone against the laws of physics sunk into the forehead of the giant and he fell upon his face to the earth so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and he slew him and there was no sword in the hand of David David didn't have a sword he just had a stone well the giant had fallen down by now and and therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took the Philistine's sword 
The very thing that David, the devil wants to come against, you could use it and destroy the devil. The very thing. He stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head. Don't just overcome the devil. Cut his head off so he will never come back and rear his head again. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they ran away. They fled. You may be seated. What a story. Thank you for standing so long while I read 10 verses of, that, uh, of those scriptures. Thank you, my dear. The Philistine heard, had rendered. I want you to imagine the story. This is what I do, Pastor Maynard, Pastor Anthony. You know what I do? I, I read a portion of scripture and then I, 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 I pretend I'm a fly on the wall that I'm watching this. That I, so I begin to dramatize it. I begin to make every story or most of the stories in the Bible dramatic in my own mind. It's like I'm there and, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's, there's drama in me. I'm not sure. Some people can read the Bible and just say, okay, that's what happened. I'm like wanting to get into it and see what happened. And so... I begin to, under, I begin to uh, uh, imagine that the Philistine herd had rendered half of the valley into a forest of spears. The Philistines had killed many of the army, many members of the armies of Israel. A growling. See, when I don't like somebody in the Bible, I tend to label them with not good names. You know, names like hoodlum. Thug, sorry. <laughs> you know, my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't like Goliath. I think he's got a skull and crossbone tattoo. <laughs> my husband's like, how do you know that? I said, I don't know. I just want to imagine that he does because I don't like him. So I think that he's got a skull and crossbone and he's, and he's ugly and he probably hasn't used soap in a long time. Just give me a break, okay? I don't like him. And my husband looks at me and goes, well, God bless you. <laughs> he's such a, he's so stable and wonderful and he's great. And he just tolerates me. He loves me. He loves me. <laughs> the Bible says so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If he doesn't, Jesus does. Anyway, so, um, no, uh, you know, and, and he's praying for this morning. And, and so, you know, they were, the, the, these Philistine herd, I don't call them the army. I want to call them a herd because they're like animals. They're killing our people. They're animals. They're not an army. God has an army. The Philistine had a herd. They were growling, bloodthirsty gang of hoodlums. And Goliath, Goliath, among all those, I don't know, smelly Philistines, towers above them, nine feet, nine inches tall, wearing 125 pounds of armor. Now I sound like WWF. <laughs> now I sound like I'm a, you know. Can you imagine? On my right, 125 pounds of armor, 52-inch, I don't know, belt, and 20-inch collar is Goliath. And on my left, 
Oh dear. Who is that? That's, that's, that's the shepherd boy. What is he even doing here? You know, there were no Hebrew volunteers. Oh, let me take him on. Let me take Goliath. I can kill him. I can get... No, there were no Hebrew volunteers. They were all hiding behind a rock, eating cheese and bread that the scrawny one brought. There were no Hebrew volunteers until today. Until David, there was no one willing to take on the enemy. You see the power of one? You can take on the devil in your home. You don't have to wait for the great powerful one to come along and fight it. You've got the Holy Ghost. You can. You are a majority already. You can take him on where you're at. Sister Heather, I told you I needed to bring my next time, my, my iPad. This laptop is bigger than me. I need to stand like this just so y'all can see me. You know, skinny, scrawny David. I mean, you know, bulkish, brutish Goliath. The toothpick versus the tornado. Have you ever seen a toothpick in a tornado? Yeah, neither have I. Uh, you won't. <laughs> it doesn't stand a chance. You know, the mini bike attacking the 18-wheeler. <laughs> you know, the toy poodle trying to attack the Rottweiler. <laughs> it's not good. What odds do you give David against the giants this morning? What odds? I tell you what, you probably better odds perhaps than you give yourself against your giants. I mean, you know well the raw of Goliath. You've heard it in your own homes. I have. In my home, in my mind, in my relationships. David faced someone who challenged him morning, noon, and night. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant strutted in front of the Israelite army. Does yours do the same? Does your giant in your mind strut in front of you morning and night? First thought in the morning, he awaits you in the morning and torments you at night. He stalked your ancestors and now looms over you. He blocks the sun and leaves you standing in the shadow of doubt. How long has your giant stalked you? Israel's giant stalked them, mocked them. Send me a man that will try to fight with me. I mean, am I a dog that you send me this little whatever, one week old Holy Ghost filled saint? What can she do? I mean, she can take you out. I mean, if she's praying, if she's praying even half, if she is worshiping, if she's faithful, if she's focused, you're in trouble, Goliath. You're in so much trouble, you don't even know. Your Goliath may not brandish swords or, or a shield. He, he may not brandish, uh, you know, um, uh, things that he can fight you on, on the hills of the Valley of Elah. But he brandishes blades of unemployment, perhaps. Maybe your Goliath brandishes blades of abandonment. Fear, drug abuse, depression. Your giant doesn't parade up and down the hills of Elah. He prances through your mind, your office, your home, your classroom, your bedroom, your living room, the, the minds of your children, everything that you have dreamed about to achieve and to do, even your ministry. He prances through that and he brings you bills you cannot pay, grades you cannot make, alcohol you cannot resist, porn you cannot refuse, Career you cannot escape and a future you don't want to face. 
I didn't come from a Pentecostal background. I wish I did. I envy so many of you. <laughs> it's a good kind of jealousy, though. You know, you've had the opportunity to grow in a Christian home and go to Sunday school and be surrounded by good church people that will just, you know, take care of you and protect you and <laughs> or tell on you. you know? <laughs> Your child is doing graffiti outside the church. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just trying to make a statement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would have been a problem child in Sunday school. Maybe that's why God saved the American Sunday schools from me. <laughs> but I came from a very religious background, very religious, very moral, very moral family background. I was born... A uh, child, a grandchild, a great-grandchild, great-great-grandchild. My mother insisted this big family tree of Hindu priests. I was born in a Hindu family. I worship the names of over 2,000 gods. I know you're thinking, how do you even remember that? Well, it's, it, you have to. I don't know how. I've forgotten, thank God. But, you know, but, but are you, you have to memorize these names. It's part of, the, part of the culture, part of the religion. And I used to do that all the time. And I was very entrenched in this. I really believed in it. I believed that it was the best thing ever that has happened to me until I felt sick. And I felt seriously ill and sick. And then when I was sick, I called upon the name of Jesus. How, do I, how did I even hear about it? Well, tracks would come to my house. Some Christian Pentecostal. would come and just leave a tract on my door. I would open the front. What is this? And my, my mother and, of course, my family, they're good people, good people, moral people, just didn't know God. And they gave me everything I needed. They put me through college and everything. And, and, and I would say, what is this? And she'd say, oh, throw it away. It's those Christians. And I'm like, okay. So I throw it away, throw it away. One day I didn't throw it away. One day I was like, I'm going to read it. And it says, Jesus saves. And I'm like, okay, from what? And who is Jesus? I mean, is he the mayor or something? I mean, and I didn't know about. We've got a new mayor, and so, and and um, so anyway, I would read, and and I kept the, this one tract. I just kept it in my, in somewhere in my room, you know. Never forgot the term Jesus saves. So I felt sick. I felt ill. Went to the hospital. They thought I had a tumor. They did all kinds of stuff. The pain was unbearable. Went to bed with pain. Woke up with pain. And, um, and just, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I thought, in my desperation, maybe some of you have been there. If you haven't, well, I have. I thought that, well, if I took all of the bottle of the painkillers and ended my life, then the pain would go, right? I mean, if there's no life, there's no pain. So it was probably the last day of my life on the planet. And you're thinking, really? You did? Yeah, I thought of that. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. Desperation is a good thing, you know. Because when you're desperate, you cry out for something bigger and better than you. You cry out for rescue and help. You may not even know what you're crying out for. But as long as you're crying out, God will hear you. And so I was sitting there in the bed just crying out for help. And I suddenly remembered this track, Jesus saves. So I said, I'm going to, all right. So I sat at the edge of my bed 
the bottle of pain, that, that, there was a lot of pills in there. That would, that would have just done it. But before I took it all, I just cried out. Pastor Anthony, Sister Heather, I cried out. And Jesus! There was nothing. Nothing happened. And I cried out again, second time. Jesus! And all of a sudden, you know, that room, for some reason, it, 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 it didn't have any, any way for light from outside to come in. Street light or whatever. It was, it was the middle of the night. It was probably 11-something at night. It was completely dark. Parents were asleep. My brother and sisters were asleep. There was, I was just sitting in the room just crying out. And all of a sudden, there was this, I, could, I can't explain it, but it was a brilliant light. It started soft, glowing, brighter, and brighter, and brighter. And I never saw a face, but I heard a voice. I am Jesus. I am God. And something just touched me. And you know what? I should have felt afraid because I was alone in the room. And then there's a voice. I mean, I, but I didn't feel like calling 911. Like, you know, I, I think there's an intruder here. No. No, I, I, I just felt peace. I just felt that this is it. This is going to be the turning point of my life. I don't know what is this that's talking to me. I don't know what this voice is all about. But he said, I am Jesus. And the pain left in an instant. The pain left in my body. And I felt healing in my body. I felt free. Oh, come on, church. You need to get desperate enough. And you need to stand up and shout to God, Jesus. Because the Holy Ghost is in that name. The blood is in that name. Salvation is in that name. Deliverance is in that name. Everything is contained in that one name. And sometimes you might be wondering whether I should be flowery and King James kind of prayers. Uh, well, it's okay. I mean, I believe in the King James. But you know what? Sometimes I don't have the strength or the presence of mind or the, or the, the courage to even think up of long, wonderful, beautiful prayers like David did. Sometimes I am so exhausted. All I can say is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, and that's enough. That's enough. I mean, if you're lying flat on your back and you're exhausted out of your mind, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, shout it out one more time. That's it, that's enough. And he stops everything. And he responds. So the next day, my mother comes to the room. Well, by this time, I'd already fallen on my face because the pain was gone, right? Hey, I mean, you know, you want the community to get, you get the attention of the community? Have one miracle. No, seriously. Miracles are not for the church. Okay? We need to focus on uh, developing the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And, of course, use the gifts as they come. But, but the miracle is for the community. One person, blind eyes open, people are going to turn up. They're like, what? Okay. You know, that church has got something there. Yes? Yeah. So we need to pray. God has some miracles. Let some miracles happen in our midst. Of course, the greatest miracle is when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is when God comes to reside in your spirit.
And that's what we want today. That's what we want today. How many here, you want to be filled with power from God? I don't care if you're visiting. No, seriously, put your hands up. If you, even if you're visiting, I want to be filled with power from... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how many of you are visiting or you are part of the church, the family of firstborn. But if you want to be filled with the power from God, those of you put your hand up just now, you run forward when this is over. And, and, and God will fill you. Oh, God will fill you. Sure. That's, that's easy for him. And so the next morning, my mom, who is the daughter and granddaughter and great-granddaughter of chief priests, not normal, chief priests of Hindu temples all over the country. She knocks on my door. Okay, by this time, I've repented and given my life to Jesus Christ. Okay, it's exciting, Pastor Maynard. I had already become a believer at that point. So my mother... Next day is Friday, I forgot. Friday is a special kind of a, you know, a, a, a sacred day for Hindu people. And uh, so she comes, she knocks on my door, and she looks at me, and I'm opening the door, and I'm looking blurry-eyed because, you know, I only went to bed, I don't know what time, probably 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning after talking to Jesus. And, and she knocks on the door, and she's like, why aren't you dressed? And I'm like, for what? She's like, it's, it's, we're going to the temple. And I'm like, uh-huh. We're going to the temple? Yeah. Are you sick? I'm like, um. I couldn't blame it on COVID. Man, we've got an excuse, huh, these days. I ain't coming to church, Pastor. It's COVID. I ain't reversing my car. It's COVID. Oh, my goodness. Uh. <clears throat> I'm not minimizing it. I've lost people to it. <clears throat> but seriously, at some point, you got to stop blaming that little virus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so she's like, you sick? And, and I could, I, you know, I would have lied two days ago. I said, yeah, I, got, I think I'm dying. But I couldn't. I don't know why I just couldn't. I couldn't lie to her see what Jesus does he saves you and gets you into trouble <laughs> what I look at her and I'm like no I'm not sick so we'll get dressed and I'm like and then I look up the ceiling and I'm thinking well where's the light show now I mean you turned up yesterday Today, there is nothing, and my mother is going to kill me. <laughs> I love you, sister. Somebody here thinks my cheesy jokes are funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, and I'm like, Mama, I can't go to the temple. She's like, why not? It's because um, um, Jesus came to the room last night. She looked at me, she said, who? And I'm like, uh, Jesus. Jesus. All right, you know what? I'm late, I'm running late, I'm going to go to the temple, we'll come back and we'll talk. And I'm like, sure, sure. I was like, by that time I'd be packing my bags and gone. I'm just kidding, no, no. So anyway, a um, couple of hours later she comes back, but not alone. 
Yeah, she comes back with another car. She goes in her car, comes back, and there's another car behind her, and there's four priests from the temple. She's brought reinforcements. And I'm like, I don't believe this. Okay, this is not fun so far. And so she brings the priest come in, and uh, she comes to the room. She says, come out to the living room. I want you to sit there. The priests want to question you. Sure. Okay. I'd rather be questioned by the CIA. <laughs> the priests are scary, you know. <laughs> They're all, you know, they've got all that stuff going on and bells. And they came, put the chair in front of me, and they circled around me. Oh, yeah, I was sitting, like, right here, and they circled around me. They were like, hey, give it up. Jesus is false. It's a false god. It's some Western god. And I'm like, what? A Western god, and, uh, and you're a Hindu, and you will lose everything. You will lose your inheritance. You will lose your family. You just give this up. It's all a lie. It's brainwashed you. We don't know what. Maybe you've got some Christian friends that have been talking. There's nobody been talking to me except this person that left a tract. Go outreach and send tracks. There's a bunch of people there. At one time, it'll help. And, and yeah. And so, and so they circled around me, pushed me. Give it up. Give it up. We can't. Give it up. And all I did, I don't know what it was. I mean, I was crying. You know what hurt me the most was my mother was standing in one corner glaring at me, but the other side, my dad, who's my best friend, he was standing in this corner and all I saw him was he was just crying and he was looking at me with great disappointment. That hurt me more than anybody else because he's my best friend. So I just kept looking at him thinking, can you just say, and he, he just looked at me and he went, like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing this? We're friends. We could always talk about everything. What is this? So that really hurt me more than anything else. So I just bet, and something in my heart, I hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, but something in my heart was telling me, just call on his name. So in my heart, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They circled around me, ordering me, screaming at me, shouting at me, pushing me, hitting me, and Jesus, Jesus. And finally, finally, the, one of the chief priests stopped, stopped, glared at me, turned around, looked at my mother and said, we are giving up. We don't know what's got her possessed, but it's so much more powerful than what we can ever do in her life. Whatever that's got a hold of her is more powerful than whatever we can do. So we're leaving her alone. She's your problem, not ours. And they left. Let me tell you people, when you get the Holy Ghost today, whatever you've got is going to be much more powerful than what the world can bring at you. What a sickness or disease or trials can bring against you. If you believe that, shout to God with a voice of triumph. I pack my bags. Pastor, I don't even know what the time is, but please let me know when I have to just, you know, or you can just come and just push me out. Of the, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so, thank you. And so they left. My mother was just disappointed. I'm telling you, mom and dad are some of the best people in the world. They're very kind and good people. They just didn't get it.
They didn't understand the betrayal. They didn't understand why I had to switch or why I had to. I wasn't switching. I was just, I was just wanting a, a, a new life, but they didn't understand it. So they, my mother packed my bags and told me to leave. And she said, from now on, you're not my daughter. You cannot be part of this family. We'll just, we'll act like you, there's a funeral and you're dead. I know it sounds like she was hard, but she didn't understand. All of what she taught me was at stake. My dad just looked at me and said, I'll drop you off whenever you want to go. I'm like, I don't know. I, I know an address of a church that I'd looked up in the yellow pages. Can you imagine? There were so many big ad, uh, you know, uh, stuff that is being advertised or in the yellow pages. And there was this tiny little square box, you know, uh, Gospel Lighthouse United Pentecostal just jumped out at me. And I was thinking, whoa, okay, that's it's kind of a long way off from where I was living. But I told my dad, you can drop me off at that street there and I'll find my way. He gave me some money and that's it. It was over. They cut ties with me. It was very hurtful. <laughs> my mom and dad, my brother and sister were hurtful, painful. But there was a God. And he sustained me. So I went, met church people there. I got baptized, received the Holy Ghost in that church. And, the, and, and people in the church took me in and I lived with church people until I could find my way. I was still in school. I was still in college. So I had to find my way. It was all paid for, thank God. And, but, you know, I still had to do it not on my own. Because God was there with me. But I didn't have any communication from my parents. So what I would do is on my mother's birthday, on Mother's Day, Father's Day, different days, I would call and I would just, they would just hang up. Happy birthday, mom. Click. Happy, happy anniversary. Click. Mother's Day. Click. It was a while. A long while. I got a call one day. It was my dad. And he said, Bonnie, and I'm like, what, Dad? He said, yes, I, um, I'm not going to take long, but I need to tell you something. I thought something bad had happened in the family. You know, he hadn't called for so long. Suddenly he calls me, Sister Heather. And, and, she, and, and I said, what, 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 what's happened, Dad? He said, he said, I don't know. He said, um, he was a very successful businessman. My father was a successful businessman, and he... Um, he, uh, he, said, uh, he said there was some investment and, and, and something and he'd lost some things and he lost some money and, and, and he went to bed, he was troubled and he had a dream and he said in that dream, you were in that dream. I'm like, you dreamt about me? He said, yes, it was just a couple of days ago. And in that dream, the, you had said, I've got something to tell you, dad. And so I'm calling you, I'm desperate. Well, I didn't know what to tell him. I was like, what, what, I mean, I don't, you gave me just a little bit of money when I left. <laughs> I said, well, dad, I tell you what, uh, I know, I know the owner of a cattle of a thousand hills. I was trying some Bible school scripture at that time, you know. Yeah, by the way, I went to Bible school, so I was trying some scripture on him. My dad didn't get it. He said, you know a rancher? I'm like, what? No, no. 
I mean, I'm talking about God. He said, no, no, I just, just, I'm just telling you my dream, and I want to come and tell you more about it. I said, well, Dad, you know what? Why don't you meet me at the street? This is the church. I said, why don't you? I'm going to the church, and why don't you? He said, I'm not coming to your church. I'm not coming. I, I will come and meet you at your apartment or where you live. I said, no, Dad, I'm going to the church. Just meet me there. You don't have to come into the church. Meet me at the parking lot. You know why you're laughing? Because you know exactly how it's done. You trick them all the time. Come to the parking lot and then come here and come there. All of a sudden they're trapped. And I'm just kidding. But <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, come to the parking lot, Dad. Okay, I'll come to the parking lot. You're getting in the, okay. So I went and I waited uh, in front of the church and he drives up to the parking lot. First time I'm seeing him after a long time. So I run towards him, he winds down, he looks, you know, and he looks drawn, he looks tired. And I'm like, Dad, he said, get in the car. I said, Dad, listen, it's a hot day. It was a hot day, thank God. <laughs> I said, it's a really hot day and you're not going to, I mean, we're going to talk for a while. So why don't you just come to the foyer? There's nobody. Now, I promise you there was, there's no, I forgot it was prayer meeting day, but I, I really forgot. No, no, I know you don't believe me. I know you don't, but I really, no. I really forgot was prayer meeting. I was so excited to see my dad. I didn't know. So anyways, he said, he said, what do you, I said, there's no one here. Dad, it's the middle of the week. It's not Sunday. There's no one here. But there's air conditioning in the, just come inside. We'll sit down. We'll talk comfortably. He parks his car. He comes in. He comes in and I go in. And as soon as the double door of the church is open, I hear this sound. Oh! It's prayer meeting day, and I'm going to lose my father for the second time. <clears throat> you know, we tend to apologize for God a lot, huh? You know, we invite a visitor, and somebody just goes crazy a little bit and dances. We're like, don't worry about them. They're a little emotional. <laughs> you know, um, I'm normal. See, I don't dance. I'm cool. But they're like, you know, don't worry about it. We don't have many of those in this church, by the way. You know, most people here are just normal. We tend to do that. You know, we tend to protect our visitors from God, you know. And God's like, can you leave them alone? Because I'm exhibiting what I can do. This is the move of the Holy Ghost. Can you leave your visitors alone to experience me in my fullness? Don't worry about it. Anyway, so I was doing that. And, and as soon as we entered, oh, and the sounds of intercession, right? And I'm thinking, prayer meeting. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> and my father just froze at that point and looked at me and said, what was that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What? He, what? He's, he's like, what was that? I'm like, oh, that. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. You know, that's just, you know, some people, they pray very loudly. And some people don't. And, and he's like, what? I said, yeah, you know, there's, there's some people just praying, you know. and that It's the way they pray, you know. Don't worry about it. Let's just go. He says, no, I'm not talking about that. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Dad? He said, as soon as I, I walked in here, I felt something just all over my body. My hair is standing on end. There is, 
There, I've got goosebumps. There's chills running down me. What it was that? And the Lord spoke to me and said, now will you tell him that that's me? And I am just holding him right now. I said, Dad, that's God. He said, wow. He said, there it is again. And he felt waves of the spirit. And he hadn't even entered the prayer meeting part yet. He just entered the double doors. And he said, there is something going on here. And I can't. And then his hands begin to shake. And I said, let's go sit down. And so we went into the prayer meeting. And right in front of the sang, just like this, there were about seven or eight ladies. They were all, you know, uh, uh, you know, my grandmother's age. They were, you know. 75, 80, 85, you know, I tell you what, don't mess with Pentecostal grandmothers that can pray. I tell you what, they will pray down a storm and every sinner will get saved. And they were praying up in front, Pastor Maynard, and, and they were just, you know, they were, you know, they were just groaning and moaning with sounds that cannot be explained, sounds of intercession. Without words. And they were just praying. And my father and I walked at the back like that. And sat right at the back. And then this little lady. She's passed on now. But she was at least about. I don't know. She was probably about 80 years old. <laughs> she was just tiny. She turns around. Like a missile. <laughs> she just turns just like that. And looks directly at my father. And then she walks towards him. And I'm like, uh-uh. No. And I'm like, no. Go away. It's my, no, please, please, please. Don't. She's, she, she's ignoring me. She's not even looking at me. She's looking at my dad, and she's coming. Then she, and I'm thinking to myself, man, she looks like this ninja warrior. You know, you know what I mean? I mean complete, she was wearing black. <laughs> you know how they are like... <laughs> everyone and, she, and she's she's coming I'm sorry but I was saved from the world so I use these terms you're like what on earth are you and <laughs> and so and so I'm she's he's walk she's walking deliberately towards my father I am just having chills all around thinking okay she's gonna run him off and I'm like and she comes towards him, and then she doesn't even, my father's eyes are closed, and he's bent, he doesn't even notice her. He's just bent forward, and his eyes are closed, and he's experiencing the presence of God. And she just, she just, she doesn't come anywhere, she doesn't come very close. She comes close, but not that close. And then she goes at the back of him, and lifts, and, and just extends her hand, and begins to quietly and gently pray in the Holy Ghost. So I'm thinking, okay, well, at least she didn't touch him. And so, and so I'm standing there, and I'm looking at my dad, and all of a sudden, tears begin to roll down his face. And I'm like, Dad? And then I, he, said, he said, I don't know what this is. I, this has never happened to me before. And I, I don't know why I'm getting all emotional. And I'm like, it's okay, Dad. It's God. It's God. And then that little old lady comes right up in front of him and says, Son, you need to stand up and lift up your hands. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, huh. And, 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 you know, such faithlessness, such faithfulness. And, and dad just stands up like a little child, lifts up his hands. And by the, he opens his mouth and the lady says, oh, just say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the moment he opens his mouth, words that he never understood before comes out of him. And God fills him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My father receives the Holy Ghost. I'm crying. He's crying. She's crying. Everybody's crying. 
And then, and then he's like trembling and talking in tongues, Pastor Maynard. And then she's, she's, and then she looks at him and she says, she says, son, now you got to go and go into the water in the name of Jesus for the remission of your, because God wants to wash away. And he's like a child. He goes, yes. And I'm like, who are you? I've been trying to contact him for years, and you're here, you're five minutes, you got the job done. And then I don't know who contacts the pastor of the church. He's upstairs on the second or third floor because it's a like three-floor building. And um, he runs down, he looks at me, he says, did your dad just get the Holy Ghost? I'm like, yeah. Does he want to get baptized? I think so. He said, okay, let's take him. So we put him in the car, and he's just trembling under the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues in the car. And we're rushing him because there's no baptistry like this beautiful baptistry here. There's no baptistry in that particular church in the building. We had to take him to a river. So we took him to a river about 15 minutes away, and we put him in the river. And when he came out of the river, see, my dad is a child's son and the grandson of Hindu priests. So they have a red thread here to denote the priesthood. When he came out of the water, my dad took the thread, thread and said, well, I don't need this anymore. And he snapped it off. So I told my dad, I said, Daddy. Daddy, let me, let me tell you. Let me, you know, do you know what happened to you? He said, my goodness. I said, you wanted to talk to me about the business and the investment. Remember, that's why you came to church. He said, I don't care about it. I've got Jesus, and he'll take care of everything else. <laughs> Which is why he had the dream. And so I said, okay, well, Dad. He, he, he said, well, do you think I should go home and tell your mama? I'm like, no. I said, Dad, baptism is very private. You know how we do that, right? It's very private. You don't tell nobody, okay? Don't worry about it. It's okay. Mom will find out soon enough. She did. She stopped talking to my dad for, for weeks and months after she found out. She got mad. She's like, what on earth? And then she called me and let me have it as well. And then I told my dad, I said, Dad, you know my brothers? I had two younger brothers. I said, Dad, I want you to do me a favor. Get them to my apartment. He said, okay. He said, are we going to fill them too? I'm like, well, well God's going to fill them, but you're going to help. You and I are going to help, and God's going to fill them. He said, I've got it. Dad was on my side now. So it was, a, it was an army of two against, you know, the Philistines. I'm just kidding. I'm just, my mother's not a Philistine. You know, my, she's wonderful. And, and, and um, so my dad was like, okay, I'll get the two brothers. My two brothers come into my apartment. I'm putting on all kinds of, you know, worship songs on that because there's no choir. I'm putting worship songs on the little tape recorder that I had. I'm putting worship songs. It's filling up. I'm talking about the gospel and the Holy Ghost and everything. My dad is looking at them saying, you, you're going to get this no matter what. You're not going to go anywhere without you getting the Holy Ghost. My dad is telling them that. Both my brothers received the Holy Ghost that day. They get baptized in the name of Jesus. One of them now is a preacher. The other one is married to a preacher's daughter and lives in Canada. Let me tell you, God is a change agent. That is why he said, I am salt and I am light. You, when you get the Holy Ghost this morning, you become salt and light. You become a change agent. That means everything you touch changes like salt salt will make you thirsty you can make people thirsty for God 
Salt will change its environment. You can change your environment. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of salt. It doesn't take a lot of salt. Goliath. How long has it been since you rushed your Goliath? How long has it been since you rushed your enemy? Let's stand. I'm going to just say a few more things and then we're going to come and pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. You've seen your giant. Anybody here, you've seen your giant? I've seen my giant. But is that all you see? See, David saw and heard more. You read the first words he spoke, not just in battle, but in the Bible. David asked the man standing near him. Remember? He said, what is going to be done for the one that takes him out? David is already was looking at the reward. I'm going to take him out, but what's going to be done for me? Am I going to get, I don't know, some, some gold, some, some badge, some medal of honor? I mean, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should divide, de, 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 defy the armies of the living God? I mean, David shows up discussing God. The soldiers mention nothing about him. David's brothers are hiding behind the rock. The Hebrew soldiers don't talk about God. It's not recorded in the Bible. The brothers never spoke his name. But David takes one step onto the stage and raises the subject of the living God. Two Goliath-related comments, no questions. He doesn't inquire about Goliath's skill, age, social standing, how many people follow him on Twitter. He doesn't inquire about David's, uh, Goliath's IQ or power, the size of his uh, shield or the weight of the spear. or What is the meaning of the skull and crossbones tattooed? <laughs> David gives no thought to this mammoth hulk on the hill. But he gives a lot about thought to God. He says, you come against me with sword, spear, javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And then David says something really strange. He said, I come against you in the name of the God of the armies. Armies. Plural. S. Armies of Israel. Wait a minute. The last time I saw there was only one army. The Israelite army. The Hebrew army. There was only one army. What was David seeing? Why did he say the armies of Israel whom you have defied? His God thoughts outnumber Goliath thoughts. How does this ratio compare with yours? Do you know why he said armies? Because David saw allies on D-Day. He saw the allies. He saw earthquakes that can swallow up. He saw hailstorms and fire that can come and destroy. He knew what God can do. He knew that God can release angels right now in the lives of the believers just like you. It's armies that are fighting for you, not one army. Do you ponder on God's grace four times as much as you ponder on your, on your guilt? David's God thoughts outnumber Goliath thoughts nine to two. Is your list of blessings four times as long as your list of complaints? Is your mental file of hope four times as thick as your mental file of dread and anxiety, are you four times as likely to describe the strength of God as you are the demands of your day? If not, then David is your man.
See, some note the absence of miracles in the story. I mean, there were no Red Sea openings, no dead Lazaruses walking, no chariots flaming, no miracles really. But there was one miracle. David was the miracle. A rough-edged walking wonder of God who neon-lighted truth. No one else discusses God and David discusses no one but God. David sees what others don't and refuses to see what others do. See, they had majored in Goliath and David majored in God. One might read David's story and wonder what God saw in him. I mean, David fell as often as he stood up, right? He sinned so many times. It was countless. He stumbled as often as he conquered. He stared down Goliath on the hill and then he ogled at Bathsheba. He defied God mockers in the valley and joined them in the wilderness. He was an eagle scout one day and he was chumming with the mafia the next. He could lead armies but couldn't manage a family. Raging David. Weeping David. Bloodthirsty. Sinning David. God hungry. Eight wives. One God. A man after God's own heart. God describes David as a man after his own heart. And that God saw him as such gives hope to me and hope to you. Because I can fall as often as I stand. I can, I can make mistakes that put God, that puts God off. But David's life has little to offer the unstained saint. You know, straight A souls, they scare me. Straight A souls will never find David's, will, will find David's story disappointing. But the rest of, it, rest of us will find it reassuring. We ride the same roller coaster ride. We alternate between swan dives and belly flops. The heart God loves was a checkered one. Giant lurk, giants lurk in your neighborhood, my friends, today. Rejection, the giant of failure, the giant of an invisible pandemic, the giant of revenge, the giant of remorse, the giant of unforgiveness, the giant of anxiety and depression, the giant of drug addiction, the giant of loneliness and abandonment, the giant of abuse of the past. David sees the armies of God and because he does, he rushes towards his giant with a stone and a sling you know what I think I think as soon Sister Heather as soon as that stone leaves the slingshot Sister Maynard you know what I think that as soon as he slings it and he lets it and it whizzes through like a torpedo into the air I think God, see, I dramatize everything, right? I'm not adding to the word, by the way. I'm just dramatizing. I think, I believe, that God turns around to Michael, the archangel, and says, Michael, as soon as the stone leaves the slingshot, I want you to fly close to the stone. As the stone torpedoes through the air, I want you to fly at the same speed as the stone. And as soon as the stone arrives close to the forehead of the giant. I want you to grab that stone and shove it in his forehead. Because I don't know what the laws of physics here has, in applying the laws of physics, I don't know whether a stone can go into 
a forehead of someone standing quite a ways off from you and then and actually topple him with that. That's why David said, hey, God's going to take you out. Not me, not even the stone, but God's going to do it. God's going to use that stone to take you out. And in the end, he'll get the glory. And I believe that Michael flew right alongside that stone and grabbed that stone, shoved it into his head. He fell. David went, cut off his head. And that was the end of the army of the Philistines. And Israel had the victory. as many of you as you want if you have a giant to kill today I want you to come right up in front as quickly as you can come on right up in front you can wear your mask come up and quickly as you can if you're a family stand together in a cluster husband, wife, children you can stand together if you're, if you're not with a family then you can come stand alone as close as possible to the, to the front of the front of the uh, platform please as close as people are going to get the Holy Ghost tonight People are going to get the Holy Ghost. Those of you, those of you who said you want to be, you want to be filled with the power of God. You lifted up your arm. You need to be coming up in front because I'd like to pray with you, Pastor Maynard, Pastor Anthony, and the prayer teams are here to pray with you. Okay, we need them. We need, we need to pray with you for you to receive the power that can take out Goliaths in your life. Come on, as close as possible. Can someone come as close as possible to the front of the? platform thank you those of you if you if you want this power of God to be filled I'm not sure how many of you have already received it how many of you haven't I know that sister Heather pastor Anthony can advise me on you know who here would like to not let me tell you when you receive the power of God God will give you a new tongue you will begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you utterance that's Bible I'm not making that up it's the Bible Acts chapter 2 okay let me tell you that we need to do that and those of you who received the Holy Ghost those of you who received or will receive it today go into the waters in the name of Jesus to complete the obedience to the gospel are you ready? are you ready? have you got a pebble? imagine you got a pebble you got a slingshot imagine you got a slingshot you got a pebble if you think of think of your giant right now because I'm thinking there's a giant in my life in, in the life of my mother my mother is still not saved that's a giant I'm going to take out that giant that's going to that's going to release her and so she can be saved as well okay you got a pebble you've got a pebble put it in the slingshot right now put it in the slingshot right now now I want you to hold that slingshot up in the air can we hold that slingshot everybody even those you're sitting there at the back hold that slingshot up in the air Alright, I'm going to count to three. We're going to start. Come on. Let's start slinging it right now. Over your head. I'm talking about swing it. Don't just swing it normal. Swing it hard. Swing it long. Come on. Swing it as much as you can. On the count of three, when I count one, two, three, I'm going to let you ask you to let go of that slingshot. And your giant is going to come tumbling down. Are you ready? One. Come on now. Two. Let it go. Three in Jesus' name. Now shout to God with a voice of triumph. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now.
pray people through. If you're a prayer warrior and you feel comfortable to do so, pray somebody through the Holy Ghost right now.
another one being filled when they get to the Holy Ghost up here for the first time this morning. If you want the Holy Ghost this morning, God is filling men and women with the gift of His Spirit in this room. In the name of Jesus. just received the Holy Ghost this morning in the name of Jesus we have another one seeking for the Holy Ghost can we help pray in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we have one young lady ready to be baptized this morning she wants to be baptized in Jesus name anyone else wants to be baptized the water's ready it's warm.
have another getting the Holy Ghost over here this morning. Holy Ghost. has asked those that have received the Holy Ghost for the first time if you'll come up on the platform those that have received the Holy Ghost keep on praying everyone that's alright keep on praying in the name of Jesus that's alright go ahead go ahead those that will if you'll come on up Holy Ghost for the first time Josh Gavin you need to come up on the platform we want to we want to pray a blessing over you've got the Holy Ghost those that got it yesterday as well. Is that okay, Sister Marshall? Yes, including those that yes. got, got it yesterday. Got the Holy Ghost. Come out on the platform. We want Pastor and the leadership to pray a blessing over yes. you. Oh, you're here. You know what I was doing? I was looking for you right there. I was like, where is that little tiny girl? You're here. She got the Holy Ghost, y'all. Josh, and listen, Rehana got the Holy Ghost like in about 40 seconds. That's it. Are you getting baptized? Oh my goodness. She's going to go in the water. Now, if there's anyone that yesterday got the Holy Ghost at the ladies' deal, can y'all come up as well? If you've got the Holy Ghost, come up. Just come on up and join us. Okay? Let me tell you, let me tell you, I want to say this, okay, Pastor Anthony, can, if you have not gone in the water in the name of Jesus, and you may have gone in the water in any other way in the past, but if you've not gone in the name of Jesus, let me tell you, that seals it. That's the obedience to the gospel. Anyone here that you want to go into the water, it's right there. Aren't you glad we don't have to take you to a river? Praise God. Does anybody else come and join us? Let's let, extend our hands. And if there's anyone here, you still want the Holy Ghost, you're not going to leave. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I'll pray with you. And we'll get the Holy Ghost, okay? All right, let's extend our hands to this wonderful group of people that have received the baptism this morning. Last night, there was four, there was four ladies that received the Holy Ghost last night. So there's a bunch. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters that have been born of the Spirit that have been born of the Spirit that will be born of the water in obedience to your gospel in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name that was last night Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Let's sing it together. Yeah, we make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah, we make 
worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. the Holy Ghost this morning in the name of Jesus in the name of come on that's it that's the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus receive ye the gift of the Holy Ghost something for someone here who might be new to this and this is all very weird and strange and you might have been filled this morning and you had no idea what the Holy Ghost was before today I want to tell you the rest of the plan of salvation God put a plan for each of us Jesus came and died for you and for your sins. And before He ascended to heaven, He said He was going to give you power. And that's the Holy Ghost. That's what's being poured out here this morning. But then we go to Acts the second chapter and we see a group of people in an upper room. And a man is preaching to them and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There are three parts of this plan of salvation. It's the death, burial, and resurrection we follow of Jesus Christ. 
Death is death to ourselves and repentance. Burial is being buried with Jesus in the waters of baptism. Being fully immersed in the water in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will remit your sins. He will wash away all of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. And that's what we have seen happen here this morning. Power from on high. There are some in this room that have never been baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm asking you this morning, will you be baptized? You say, I've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Thank God for what steps you have made to this point. I am not condemning that. But there is a more better way. There is a perfect way. And that is in the name of Jesus Christ. What you will see in the New Testament is only in the name of Jesus Christ. So I do not condemn you for what you have done in the past. God has blessed you because of your, what you have understood to this point. But now God is bringing you the full light in this room. Will you be baptized like this young lady is going to be baptized in Jesus' name? If you want to be baptized, I'll be right up here. You come and talk to me. We'll baptize you. You say, I don't have a change of clothes. We have all kinds of robes you can wear. You can wear 22 robes if you want and be baptized in Jesus' name. We have it all here for you right now. Today is your day to fulfill the full plan of salvation in your life. Because that is who you are. 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 That is who. Now let's sing, even when, even when, yeah. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. We'll sing it again. Even when I don't see it, you're working. say this you must be born again and you must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven one in the scriptures well how can I be reborn can I go back into my mother's womb no that's not what it's talking about there it's talking about a spiritual rebirth in your life being born again of the water and of the Spirit of God. So thankful for this young lady who has seen her need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to fulfill the Scriptures. So thankful for her and what God is doing in her life. Yeah, this is seven weeks in a row now we've had someone baptized in Jesus' name. Seven weeks... God is moving in firstborn right now. Revival is happening in firstborn right now. People are reaching out to us and saying, Hey, can I, can I get there? How can I get there? We'll get you here. If you're watching this morning, you don't got to ride. We'll get you here. We'll get you here. 
Can we pray with this young lady? In the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that God, as she goes in the waters of baptism, Lord, for God, the remission of her sins, Lord, that God, this precious gift that you have filled her with this morning, that you would fill her again. We thank you for washing her sins all away. We thank you, Lord, that she is following the commandments of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for her. Rejoice now. Can we rejoice now? Well, there's a new name written down in glory. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. 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 The angels are rejoicing in heaven. The angels are shouting in heaven. Hallelujah. I believe they're even in this place. Lying in the darkness, my God, that is who we make. So thankful to report this morning we had four people receive the Holy Ghost for the very first time this morning. Add that to the four this weekend. We've had eight people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost this weekend at Firstborn Ministries at this altar. My goodness. God is doing a work. God is doing a work. You don't want to miss service tonight. We are back to Sunday night service for the first time in close to a year here at Firstborn. Our last Sunday evening service was March the 15th. March the 15th. Today is March the 7th. <laughs> I don't know about you, but Brother David... I come to have some church tonight. <laughs> he said, I'm getting wore out. He said, I'm, I'm ready to get wore out a little bit more, though, tonight. <laughs> I didn't say church. I said church. There's a difference right there from church to church. It's like it has three or four syllables in church. <laughs> There you go. Come on, that's it. Well, I feel like praising, praising Him. I feel like praising, praising Him. I said, praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the evening, too. I feel like praising, praising Him. So we're about done here.
church this morning. I know we could go till 5 o'clock tonight, all right? But we got service at 5 o'clock. Bring a friend. You say, well, is it going to be full in here? Uh, yes, it probably will be. We have an overflow. You wear your mask. That's no problem. Whatever you would like to do is okay with us. But I feel like God is just going to continue what he's been doing right here this weekend. And I can't think of a more perfect week to start Sunday night than today. Today. So if you have a friend that needs the Holy Ghost, you better get them here tonight. Because I believe there's going to be more than just eight that receive the Holy Ghost this weekend. I believe we can see double digits this weekend in the name of Jesus Christ. All right? So come early. Get your seat. And we're going to praise them all day long. Because I feel like praising, praising Him. See you at 5 o'clock. I feel like praising, praising Him. I feel like praising, praising Him. I said praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the morning. We're going to praise Him all day long. I feel like praising, praising Him. Well, if you don't want to praise Him, if you don't want to praise Him, don't you hinder me. Oh, yes, now. If you don't want to praise Him, don't you hinder me. Here's why. I praise Him in the morning. I praise Him all day long. I feel like praising Him. Why don't you praise the Lord while you have the chance? Oh, yes, now. You ought to praise the Lord while you have. We know what it's like not to have the chance. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him all day long. I feel like praise and pray. Sing it one more time. You ought to praise Him. You ought to praise the Lord while you have the chance. You ought to praise the Lord while you have the chance. 